best marketers sell with story and the best storyteller wins the customer and the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to eingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner, the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic, and I'm going to introduce myself twice because I'm going to introduce myself in the next segment. But today's episode, I'm interviewing an awesome, awesome entrepreneur. Uh, she helps service-based businesses really find their brand. And I don't like that word, but I like what she's doing uh, because branding needs to be done at a certain level, but it, it, there's a lot of things that need to happen first. And most people, if you go to someone that doesn't have business experience, doesn't understand your business, and you ask them for branding, they're going to give you a logo and some colors, and you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money and not really have that story to come across and not have the things that our guest today is going to give you. Plus, um, she's going to give you an awesome, awesome opportunity to actually do this thing she calls a brand shrink, which she'll talk about, really getting the questions to get that stuff out. Uh, the guest today is Pia Silva, and she's a author, Forbes contributor, and I really think this is a fantastic episode about some methods that you can take your service business and quickly scale it and leverage branding at done well. Uh, Pia Silva's the guest today, and thanks for listening to the Garlic Marketing Show. Welcome to another Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic here. And we have our guest today works with service-based businesses um, as a Forbes contributor and has written her own book, Badass Your Brand. Now I'm going to have to use the file explicit language thing on the podcast and I'm going to forget to do it and Apple's going to shut us down. Just kidding. Uh, Pia Silva, <laughs> thanks for being on the show. I'm excited to talk to you because I feel like, you know, I... I, I'm very careful with the word branding because it, it really throws people down, especially small businesses, down the wrong path. Um, and I, I'd love to talk to you about that. But before we get that, um, how did you get into this world? Tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get into marketing and, and doing this? Sure thing. Well, first, thanks for having me. And I'm glad you said that because I also don't like when people talk about branding for small businesses. So we can definitely get into that. Um, I got into this actually uh, by chance. Um, my 
then fiance, now husband, was an artist and a graphic designer in 2008 when the economy was in the uh, the bleeper. I guess if you want to, if you're going to start, we, we already said badass. So, uh, oh, badass isn't really a curse word. Um, so, uh, yeah. So he was, you know, looking for an agency job, freelancing, and uh, he couldn't get a job, and and basically. Um, you know, he started freelancing and yada, yada, yada. I said at one point, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm going to manage your business for you. I'll find the business. I know about business and you are a creative person. You're very talented at what you do. You're not so good with the money part or the client management part. So this will be great. We'll just work together by ourselves and, you know, work out of our house. And I had no background in graphic design or in branding. I knew nothing about this stuff, um, but I'm a hustler, you know, so I just decided to figure it out. And over the years, I really um, I really learned a lot about starting your own business, and I learned why branding was so important and basically branded our business as a way to get clients. And as soon as I saw the power of branding our small business, you know, we looked at each other and said, wait a second, this is so much more valuable than graphic design on its own. So everything I know and teach about branding small businesses is from the trenches. It's from stuff that I have personally done successfully and stuff that I have, you know, had shown clients how to do successfully too. So that's my background in branding. Awesome. What was the point we were like, yeah, because you said, you know, we said this is more valuable than just graphic design. Where was that, that point where you realized that? Um, you know, that was probably a couple of years in because what we started doing was in order to, we kind of developed this process for our clients that was refining over time where we started doing more and more legwork up front. So our interviews got more intense. Um, our presentations got more intense. We started doing a lot more explanation and we kind of realized one day that we were actually doing all this strategy. We really were just doing it out of necessity because we said, well, how are we going to uh, make sure that the client understands why we did the work and love it and see why it's important? Well, we have to know all of this other stuff first. And so we kind of accidentally started doing all this strategy stuff, but it was really just to make sure that the clients weren't using their own personal tastes and you know, you do good design. And if you have no explanation for it, a client can just say, because you have no explanation for it. Oh, I don't like that color. You know, or can, can, it, can it be a little more pop or whatever it is? A pop is a, is a great word in graphic. Design. Can yeah. it have more pop? So there it was needs no to be clean. It, but it needs to be balanced, you know, so there were all these things that they would, and we just had no comeback because we didn't, we hadn't done the previous work. So we did it and then we realized we were branding and then we realized, wow, this is much more valuable. Yes. Yes. So tell me your definition of branding. Where, where, how, when you say branding, what do you mean by it and what don't you mean by it? Yeah. Well, so everybody's got a brand, whether you like it or not. Um, I think trying to define branding is part of the problem. Um, I mean, if I have to define it, I'd say it's whatever, whatever your business, however it exists in the minds of other people, you know, when you're not there in the minds of your consumer, it's whatever they think of you. But I prefer to define badass branding, which is what I do, as having two distinct characteristics. Uh, it is able to charge a premium price 
and still win the business. So you can actually charge more than the competition and still win the business. And second, it um, can magnetically attract your ideal clients and is okay with repelling everybody else. So it's it's very strong in its messaging so that it actually attracts those people. That's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, it's important. Ideal clients, right? Uh, I think that's another thing too, repelling everyone else. Uh, because so many people are like, well, so-and-so won't like this and so-and-so won't like this. I'm like, well, are they your ideal client? Um, so tell me a little bit about your process. How do you go about doing this? How do you, I mean, obviously you've built a process over the years. How does that work? Yeah, we have a pretty unique process. Um, it's really just two steps. Step one is something called a brand shrink. It's an hour and a half interview with me and my partner. And, you know, we ask all the questions about your business. We want to understand where you've been, where you are, and where you're looking to go. Uh, and I ask a lot of big questions about success and your goals, because if we're going to brand your business, we need to understand how it works and make sure that the machine is functioning well, um, especially because that really should for small service businesses, which is our niche, um, your business and your brand are really hand in hand. They go together. Uh, so based on that interview, I I write up a strategy brief that says, you know, this is what you need to do to badass your brand. Here's what you should stop doing. Here's what you should start doing. And then based on this plan, uh, you need a logo, the design and build of your website, your copy, your identity, your social media, whatever the whole brand package is. And we can do that in a one, two or three day brand up. Um, and then once the client says, okay, I want you to do it, because um, sometimes people just hire us for the brand shrink. They just want the strategy. They go do it themselves. Um, but if they want us to do it, we pick a day. We do most of the work ahead of time. And then the client is available from 10 to 6 for that one, two, or three days. And we take them through this process where we show them work. We get their feedback and we make revisions in real time such that at the end of the day at 6 p.m., we launch their website. We hand over this m- mammoth uh, zip file of files, and, and, that's, and that's it. It's over. They're ready to launch. So that's a great it's, process. Uh, yeah, it's very intense, and that's why we say badass brands without the BS. There's no BS involved. You will leave with your fully functioning brand and website at the end. And that's crucial too, because I mean, otherwise, people I've seen people get mired down making logos for a year, and <laughs> yes, and, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and you're like, oh, here we go again, and and the and you know, also death by committee, all that fun, yes, fun stuff. And it sucks the enthusiasm out of the project too. Um, we, we used to do those, you know, uh, we really pivoted away from that cause we realized how much we disliked it. Yeah. I mean, it, it well, it, every, no one likes it. And it, <laughs> it, because to your point, if you can't tell a client why not, why they're not supposed to do it, you know, the people listening to this are like, well, I, I know what I want or, you know, Here's the other thing. I know what I want, or I trust you, quote unquote. Either one of those happens, and you and you know you're in, in trouble. <laughs> I trust you means I hope you can read my mind, and I don't know what my mind is saying. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, actually, it goes back to the, uh, the point about repelling. Um, you know, we attract a certain kind of client. We're very bold in our copy and contrarian in the writing that I do, and we take a very firm stance on what we think. So we 
really attract people who like that approach, who want that, and who do trust us to do what we do best. It doesn't work any other way in our process. And I really push people away when I'm when I am not quite sure that they're going to have the kind of conviction to take the work that we do and really push it forward so they can be successful because I only want to work with people who are going to be successful with this. So that's a lot of that, you know, magnetically attracting perfect people and and everybody else get out of here because this is not going to be great if you're not the right person for us. So speaking of not the right person for you, I mean, obviously uh, you just didn't know that ahead of time. There, you know, for all of us, there's some time, especially if you're in a service-based business, there's some time you have to work with that person to realize that, man, I don't ever want to work with that type of person again. <laughs> uh, do yeah. you have that kind of story where you could kind of generally, you don't have to name names. but uh, Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> over the years, I struck nonprofits off my list. I struck corporate <laughs> companies off my list. I, at a certain point, I struck small product businesses off my list. Not because I didn't like the products, but I just said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm 10 times better at service businesses. You know, I mean, I live and breathe my own service business. So while we can do products and I still get people saying, well, you could do it anyway. It's like, I just don't have as much authority in it. So I don't know. It's just not as fun for me. Um, so it's a combination of that wasn't fun. And also, you know what, I can just serve this group best. And that's kind of what I try to empower people to think about when they're finding their niche. And you're right, you have to try some things to figure out what you don't like. Um, But I want everybody to realize that where you provide the most value and what you like the most is the place where you can find the most profit too. Yes, that's crucial. That is crucial. Um, Yeah, because, you know, that's something I learned a long time ago. It was when I was shooting video and, you know, interviewing client after client, even within verticals like attorneys and even with the same niche like criminal defense, they all kind of wanted someone different. And, and and that's the beauty of the Internet is you can find all those different people. You don't have to accept now who, you, you know, who you don't want to work with. Uh, but how do you get people over that fear? of of alienating because that's a big fear for most businesses. <laughs> yes it is and it's one of it's a, one of my biggest challenges constantly because that is what I'm I'm helping clients get over that fear. Um well it's a mixed bag because on the one hand I am attracting people they they're already a little self-selective. Even if they have that fear, they they know they want to get over it because they're coming to us. And by the way, like we, you know, worst of all design, badass brands, we attract so many lawyers and financial planners. It's hilarious. (laughs) I was not expecting that at all. Um, But you're right, because they're badasses. And so they, you know, they see themselves in us. Um, I'm sorry, repeat the question. I went off on a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was listening to you. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but you know, how do you get them to get over the fact oh, that they alienate? The yeah. The fear of alienating. Uh, I, I mean, because they're, you can tell people and you know, I had uh, Christopher Voss on as a guest and he's an incredible negotiator and that's, uh, but I think one of the biggest takeaways from him is people it's, you don't want people to say yes. You want to say, um, you know, you're, or I, you're right. Or I agree. You know, you don't want people to say you're right. I forget what it was. Yes, I agree. And there was a specific way because there's yeah. people that will say, yeah, 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 but 
not agree, actually agree with your your way of thinking, and then you get halfway down the process, and you're like, and they're like, uh, that's going to alienate this group. And you're like, that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, I've tried a lot of different things. One of the things I often go to is just using examples in the world, because if you look at, um, you know, super niche businesses or personal brands. And you see how specific they are. You know, you're so like when I'm working with a client and I'm I'm helping them focus down, that looks so far for them. So they're not imagining that that's the possibility. They're just imagining the immediate, you know, the next the next few weeks when they're talking about it. Oh, I'm going to alienate this client. But I go, but imagine being that person. Does that person feel like they're alienating? Anyone? I mean, I use myself as an example, too. Do you know how many people I alienate with the way that we speak? And they're like, oh, yeah, but your brand. And I said, no, my brand got here by doing that. So I try to get them into the mind space of, you know, in six months, if you have the reputation of this niche and you own it in people's minds, do you know how powerful that will be? And um, if I can get them to at least vision it a little bit, I find I find a little twinkle that I can that I can grab onto and say, <laughs> let's ride that wave, you know, into the future. Um, and, it, and I'm not going to lie. It doesn't always work. I do have clients who I see kind of slide back a little out of fear. Um, but that's a bigger, you know, that's a bigger conversation about just fo- facing your fears in general and being able to push through them. And that's a real mindset thing that will affect you in your business, in your brand, in all sorts of areas of your life. So. Yeah, but it, as as the marketing consultant, it's hard not to want to sh- act, like physically shake them and go, "What are you doing?" I know. Yeah. What- <laughs> I agree. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, so tell me a little bit about your book, Badass Your Brand. Is it is it about your process? Is it about your stories? How, I, I haven't read it. I'm sorry, but <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a combination of kind of taking you through how we went from. Um, an agency with bigger ticket clients and six, eight month projects and all this stuff that we hated that kind of landed us in debt um, and how we pivoted. And as soon as we pivoted, I mean, within months, we were getting sent brilliant clients uh, left and right from the very same people that were having a hard time sending us clients for the three years prior. Um, So I really share exactly how we did that, the questions that we answered for ourselves. We basically put ourselves through our own process and figured out that we didn't want to do these agency projects at all. In fact, this, um, this intensive that we had kind of been doing on the side was this amazing process that was something we love to do that was much more profitable. And if we just focused on that, uh, we could get, you know, we could own a space. And that's exactly what happened. And we made $500,000 in the next 12 months just by focusing that niche. So the book is really a combination of showing how we did it, sharing uh, sharing the principles that we followed, sharing the questions that you can ask yourself to figure out how you would follow those principles and then sharing some case studies um, from different clients that have implemented this stuff and and the kind of results that they got. So I really tried to illustrate the point. I didn't want to write just another, you know, lecture. You should focus, you know, it's so boring. So <laughs> I find the stories really bring it to life. Yeah, stories are crucial. Um, 
I kind of talk about that. But yeah, I mean, case studies, they're great. And I think it's the best way for a lot of people to sell their businesses and, but also to, you know, to help people believe in the process uh, because it's not just about people believing in you. It's believing that they can do it themselves and case studies, you know, we call them case stories around here, especially when they're in a story format, people can see themselves in it and then they actually take action. Um, can you give me a couple of examples of those stories of people you've helped? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of my favorites is Stash Wealth. They are a financial advisory company for millennials, essentially. And they came to us from Merrill Lynch trying to be kind of hip, but really staying in the box. So, you know, it was it was half mental showing them that if you don't want to be like Merrill Lynch, then you have to do things that the Merrill Lynch crowd might not like. And that in and of itself was a huge epiphany for them. So they are crushing it now. You could go to stashwealth.com and check them out. They just have really embraced this voice. Um, you know, they send out their financial cliff notes in their newsletter every week and they share happy hour drinks and everything is just very fun. And her, the voice that their blog is written in is, um, just written for their audience instead of the bland financial advice that they were originally trying to write to be quote helpful, which isn't helpful if your audience doesn't read it. Um, you know, they say, get your financial financial shit together on their website. And when I first told them to do that, they said, um, you know, we can't do that. The financial industry doesn't like that. I said, that's exactly why you need to do it. Um, and it served them. It served them very well. That's all. Uh, yeah. Because people there's, uh, I'm one of them out there. I mean, I know financial industry, but the thought for me now of wearing a suit and I'm also kind of weirded out by like people giving me financial advice wearing a suit and I'm not wearing suits anymore. I'm like, Hey, let's just mm -hmm. talk and you know, give me, give it to me straight. And yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. I'm looking at the website right now. It looks awesome. And it doesn't look like every other financial mm -hmm. website which is fantastic yeah they're going to alienate some people but that's great <laughs> yeah and actually one of the biggest things we did for them so this shows you know business and brand overlapping um I took their financial plan because when I met them, they were doing what all financial advisors do. They were networking and schmoozing and dining people. And, you know, after they felt like they had built some sort of friendship, they would broach the subject of, you know, potentially managing their money. And they they got like zero ROI from that. I mean, they could not close the client from it. Um, so I told them, you know, let's take your financial plan, which most financial planners do once you onboard with them. And I said, let's package it as a product, as a standalone product, because even the, and they were, you know, they said, so we're going to charge people who have less money a fee for a product that is supposed to be included. And I said, but you don't understand your market is not looking to marry you yet, you know, but they are looking for solutions to these problems. So they'll be willing to pay at the time it was 650. It's gone up since then. Um, but at the, you know, they'll pay the flat fee to get your financial plan to help them get their shit together. Um, and that was really one of the big differentiators for them. And 
what the shift that it made was now they had a very clear thing to sell. There was no schmoozing. Um, they said, you know, if you're looking for help, this is the first step. And then once they do the financial plan, 95% of the people are like, okay, great. So you manage it. You know, so at the end they say, well, you can implement the plan or we can. And everyone says, oh no, you do it. Like, I, I don't want to do this. So they, there's no more long pipeline of trying to build trust. Um, people pay to get that trust with them. Um, and that was really, that was really big. That's, that grew their portfolio exponentially over the last couple of years. Yeah. It's yeah. That's the, trying to get married before, you know, you go on that first date uh, for any service business, I think is crucial. Uh, because there's so many people that want to go in for the kill right away. And I, you know, we do videos for service businesses and I'm like, they're like, well, I can't give everything away. I'm like, yeah, you kind of do. And then you charge them. And you know, if the right people are going to want to pay you to do it. And you also, yeah, yeah, I mean, the people are going to do it themselves are going to do it themselves. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're just not your clients. I think that that is kind of an antiquated way of doing business too. And the big financial firms, that's how they operate. And because the owners of Stash Wealth came from that, they were like many of us, they were kind of just doing what they saw in the world. Um, but we're talking about a new market in a new world of technology and communication. I mean, you have to think, you know, differently to approach those people. And so that whole concept of, I call it a lead product, creating this lead product so you don't have to pitch and you don't have to write proposals and you don't have to do all this free work. Um, For example, that's like a whole chapter in my book on how to do that. Um, And that's something I implement with a lot of my clients. Um, And I've had a lot of success with that. Yeah, it is. It's crucial. And I tell people all the time, you have to have that, you know, my friend Jason Swank calls it the foot in the door digital marketer calls it a tripwire, whatever you want to call it, it, it is a crucial part of your business. And it's part of your marketing yeah. too, um, taking that little piece off and being able to sell that one thing, one product, because also then you're not spending a whole lot of time customizing everything for every person. It's just like, here you go. And this is where we start. Uh, exactly. And most of the service clients that come to us, that's what they're doing. I mean, it's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making. Yeah, and that kills, and it also kills your enjoyment of it too, because you get so many tire kickers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad, you, and you're that's cool that you're really doing that for them. It's another level of business advice um, that is included with marketing. But you know, and so so often, like coming back to that branding conversation, people separate that stuff out from the branding and and just look at, oh, I need a logo. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that a lot of people selling branding and design don't know enough about business to say, um, okay, I can give you a logo, but it's not going to solve your problem. So, you know, our process was built out of, well, I don't want to just make you something that looks nice if it's not going to solve your problem. So why don't we start with the problem and make sure that what we do is going to solve it. And, you know, the, it, it's actually the, sh- the way that we work the design, I mean, my partner's a, a pretty brilliant designer. It's like the design just falls out at the end. You know, he, I mean, he, he's very good, but also it's very clear to him what it needs to look like once we've done the work mm-hmm. to make sure that everything else is in place. Um, whereas I think back in the day when we were making, you know, just doing graphic design, it's like, it could look like so many things. And then everybody has an opinion and it could go in so many directions. And it just almost always got bigger as opposed to be becoming more and more narrowed. Um, so it really made our job easier and definitely 
uh, created much better results for our clients in the end. That's so cool. That's that's fantastic. Um, so I'm going to ask you because uh, you know I'm looking on here and I don't see any video. What you know we talked about beforehand. You're like I need to get going with video. What stopped you <laughs> from doing video? Now you have awesome stories. Obviously, you have a great personality. Um, what has stopped you, you until now? <laughs> um, I, you know, it's, it's a, it feels like a big next step. Um, and I was just sharing with you that today I, I committed in my own mind, like it's time to take that step. Um, you know, I've been writing a blog for four years. I've been writing for Forbes every week, uh, for the last year. That is so much of my yeah. And my creative energy goes into that. Um, but what I kind of realized in the last couple of days even was that's, I mean, I have so much content. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous how I don't reuse any of it. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I think of myself as a brander, not a marketer, but obviously I do a lot of marketing, but that's one of the big things that I should know better, or I do know, and I don't do for myself, which is use this information you've spent so much time creating. And I really can and should do that. Um, you know, on video. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and there's lots of people out there, A, that can help you and B, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's just interesting to me why people don't do it. It, it seems so obvious to me, but I, I see, mm-hmm. then I see the roadblocks just like probably when you <laughs> step into a business, you're like, you need to pull this piece out and that's really obvious, but uh, there's all those mental roadblocks. Um, so what is next for you then besides making video? I mean, how do you, <laughs> I'm only going to make video from now on. <laughs> I'm in. You're in. Um, you know, what, what's the next step for you in, in growing this agency? Because it seems to me, I mean, it's two of you. I mean, are you happy where it is? Do you plan on scaling the agency? Tell me about that because you know yeah. every everyone talks about scale these days, and it has to be a hundred million dollar business or you, you suck. Um, so, and I don't like that. That's the conversation. I don't at either. All. No, I, I, <laughs> I agree. Don't like that at all. I think that puts a lot of pressure on people. Um, well, look, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, so every time I get anywhere, I'm always looking towards the next thing. So. All I wanted when I first started was to be able to work for myself out of my apartment. You know, a couple of years later, all I wanted was to make a certain amount of money uh, working for ourselves. Then it was, I want to make a certain amount of money working this many hours. So we got to a place where, you know, at our price point, we really only need to do one brand up a month to make a really good living. I mean, that's less than a week of work a month. So, you know, you could just coast like that, but that's not really my style. So right now... Um, I'm, I launched a program where I'm teaching others how to do this specifically service businesses, uh, who are catering to other businesses. So I'm basically training them on how to implement a process like ours. So they too can make the kind of money they want in what I say is less than 50% of your time. Um, and that really comes down to, building a badass brand that has a couple of these critical pieces to it so that you build a reputation so that you can have very premium pricing so that you can make a lot of money in a short amount of time and you can have a lot of freedom. And, uh, you know, I recommend another portion of that time being spent 
building your your brand and building content so that you can continually raise that price. But it's a never ending cycle and you can keep going with that. And I'm now that I have this program, I'm looking to scale that up so I can. So I am finally in the scaling world, but it was kind of like the natural progression. I wasn't planning to go this way, but um, it's exciting. That's what I'm that's what I'm doing next. Very cool. That's a great way to scale, help help more people. The one to many. That's a great, yes. great approach. Um, awesome. Awesome. Pia. And so what uh, do you do a lot of reading? You wrote a book, obviously. Do you do a lot of reading? And if so, what are you reading I, now? I do. I'm reading like five different things. Um, actually right now I'm reading, uh, Chuck Klosterman. What if the, we're wrong? Have you heard, do you read any Chuck Klosterman? No, not, a, not really a business book, but I find business books in everything. Um, just a little philosophical about yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. No, I, I definitely, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Lots of great themes. Um, so just thinking about what's going on in society and how we think about it now, how we think about history and how the future is going to think about us. Um, and you know, I just always get ideas from, from stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, um, I, I, there's a great article from the New York times. It might be almost 10 years old now. Uh, but it talks about the libraries of business, like CEOs and stuff, and very few of them are filled with business books. They're usually filled with, especially a theme. Most of these guys have some sort of theme that they go, and a lot of it's history. But um, it's so mm-hmm. good for, yeah, like you said, you, you'll find those connections. And then it's important for everyone here. It's to grow. It grows your brain. It's like cross training for your brain. Um, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, and then and then I started listening to vlog like a boss yesterday. That's why I'm all. I'm all on the video tip right now because nice. <laughs> I'm listening to it on audible. So, um, yeah, nice mix. That's very cool. Yeah. I love audible. Um, very, very cool. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, uh, and wants to get their brand badass, how do they do that? Well, you can find us on our website, worst of all Um, or you can go to Pia loves your biz. I'm on, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and I'm pretty active there. Um, but also, I I made a link for your listeners at badassyourbrand.com backslash garlic, um, where you can grab my brand shrink. So this is like a lot of questions that you can ask yourself to help you hone in on what your badass brand is. Um, so if you go to backslash badassyourbrand.com backslash garlic, um, you can grab the questionnaire and you'll also grab the first chapter of my book. So you can check it out and read a little bit more about our story and how we flipped our business around and how you can too. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, Pia, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been awesome. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we had some technical difficulties beforehand. <laughs> we, we, we made it. We made it. We made it. <laughs> and thank you all for taking Pia and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>